0: Hey there, thanks for joining me on Super Curious, the show for the lifelong learner. I'm Sienna Stewart, and I'm super curious about nearly everything. On this show, I sit down with all kinds of different people and I invite them to pick the topic we'll talk about. I never know what might come up. Today, I'm with Bex Wood, who also goes by Becky. She's a dynamic woman I met a few years ago at Burning Man, which we both have been part of for years. In addition to being a social hub, She's a competitive athlete and a serious achiever in whatever she goes for. When I met her, she was a VP at Pandora, then took a year off, and now she works at Google. I suppose I shouldn't have been surprised when I asked her what we were gonna discuss, and she said,
1: I would love to talk a little bit about just resolutions, and I think even more broadly than that,
0: intentionality. This episode isn't gonna be like any other goals show you've heard. Neither Bex or I have our own system to promote. Instead, we've both read and studied a variety of techniques and approaches. In this conversation, we talk about what we've tried and compare what's worked and not worked for us. She even surprised me by disclosing something that she's terrified of doing that many of us do every day. We then try to break that down so she can tackle it in the coming year. She also turns the tables and gets me to talk about something that she wants to try that I've done, something that many people have on their life goals list, maybe even you. We talk about goals, habits, coaches, tracking, mantras, and so much more. But that's enough lead in. You're sure to learn something. So here's the episode. Hi, Becky. Hey, Siana. how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for doing
1: this. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited to be here and and chat with you. What are we going to talk about? I'd love to talk a little bit about just resolutions. And I think even more broadly than that, intentionality. And I'm super curious about how you set intentionality. I love talking to other people about what they do, anything from like daily habits, weekly rituals to, you know, New Year's goals. So I don't know. I thought that could be a fun thing for us to just like riff
0: on. Absolutely. I love that. Awesome. So to get into this intentionality and goal setting and all of that, how did you come to that? And why does this topic matter to you?
1: I'm definitely like one of the kind of type A people that likes to write lists and I always have been. But I think as an adult, uh, you know, once you kind of get out of like school and stuff, you, your life is much more free and flexible and you sort of have to create your own path. And so I've, I've been into kind of goal setting uh, and, you know, all different sorts of ways, like 10 year goal setting, you know, visioning, all those sorts of stuff for, I don't know, probably, you know, I'm almost 40 now. I'm 39. So definitely in the last 10, 15 years. And I particularly like to talk about it because I just think there's so many different ways to think about how we want to invest time in in our life and what we want to do and what we want to do more of and what we want to do less of. And so I just love talking to people about that. And I like reading about it and hearing what other people, how other people approach this.
0: I think it's, it's interesting because you actually figure into my mind when I'm thinking about pushing myself, especially physically, you know, like one of the things that I've been focusing on recently is I got very, when I was working so hard, I got very unphysical and I also injured my knee and that contributed to all sorts of things. And so more recently, I've just been pushing myself to like, okay, I'm gonna do a minimum of 30 minutes of cardio a day. And there have been a couple of days when I'm like, ugh, just not not today. (laughs) I think like, why? And I was like, you know what? You got to do it. Becky would do it. (laughs) (laughs) Becky would at least set a goal that you would do it. (laughs) Even more than that, it's more that I want to get to the point where what I've seen with you is when you set a goal, then you do it for a while and it gets to be a habit and then you miss it. And then you're like, okay, no, I just need to do this because I really miss it. And I've been thinking about how do you get to a habit? So unlike necessarily goals and intentions, but they are definitely related. I've been focusing in on the habits and I wanna get to the point where I miss it if I don't do it. Totally.
1: I'm super into habits too because I love the idea of how your daily, uh, I read this book by James Clear that's like- I uh, did too. Atomic Habits? Oh my God. It's so good. So good so good. And he's like, you know, we spend all this time thinking about our goals, but the reality is our systems and the things that we do today today are the things that actually build our lives and build our goals. So I'm totally with you. And I love the intersection of both.
0: Mm -hmm. Did you grow up with a very... Goal oriented household, or were there a lot of routines, or was it more like your version of rebelling was actually by setting routines for yourself? Or what what kind of household did you grow up in?
1: I, my parents are pretty chill, we're not super structured. They were, you know, they have these funny stories of me being like. They were like, when you were graduating from kindergarten, you were like so serious walking down the aisle because you were just like, this is really important. So, like, that's, yeah, wow. I don't know. I, I felt like, like, like I've six. been very... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah. So, I've, and I've been pretty goal oriented, of just like structure comes naturally. I like to live very structured. I like to have my daily habits. I go to bed basically at the same time I get up at the same time. So a lot of those things are just like part of my, I think, identity. And I don't know if it's about rebelling, but I do think, I think what I am actually good at is like writing down something and going and doing that thing. Like, I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the most creative. I'm not whatever. But when I'm like, oh, what, you know, what is my kind of like, what can I bring to the table? I kind of think about that. And so that's just been a thing that has been kind of come, came naturally to me. But now it's just more something that I recognize as, as a broader, broader skill set. My parents are like, we don't really know where you came from.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's really interesting that there's also something about you making the commitment first, and then you complete that commitment. So there's something in the intentionality or goal setting that's about choosing to write that down in the first place because it once it gets on your list it's got to get crossed off. So talk to me about the step of getting it onto the list in the first place.
1: Yeah, and I would say just just to be uh, just to be fully transparent the like it must be crossed off. I think 75% is good enough. Mm. So that's usually that's my bar. So I'm like a most things get done and they can flow to the next day. So I'm all about like positive reinforcement. If I do anything, I'm excited about it. But yeah, I guess to then to that point on the list, this past year, I've been actually like doing pretty structured stuff. I personally, it's just a strategy kind of have like weekly goals that I write down thinking around like life, work, fun, creativity, and then write whatever's on my list is kind of like, hey, what are the critical things that really need to get done this week? Or what, how do I want to show up? Uh, like I want to be a better partner to Mark or I want to be kinder or I meditate, whatever. The, and then those things kind of get down on my list. And then I kind of track out the each day. So like each day, what are the top things? I, I have a column for like personal stuff and also professional. What are the top things? Usually three things professionally and like four or five personally. And then those make it onto the list. And then, you know, the longer term stuff is harder. Actually, this is a funny one. I uh, don't drive. Like I have a license, I do not drive a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to drive a car. It's a problem for uh, my partner, Mark, cause he's driving me around everywhere. Uh, and this year I like thought about putting, like getting a drive, you know, actually learning how to drive on my 2021 goal, but I haven't physically wrote it down. Cause I'm just not sure if I can commit to it. <laughs> <laughs> so that is an example where I definitely have taken a pause.
0: Now, there really is a step, There's like, a step. You know, it's like, before it's like, mm, I'm <laughs> pondering it, it's, it, it's just, once it gets there, it's got it at least 75%. At least 75%, yeah. And the
1: longer-term <laughs> goals are the ones that are I'm more committed to, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> I'm always curious about sort of physically. How does it feel when it's, like, something you're, like, oh, I'm super excited. This is easy. I can just write this down. I'm great. Um, and then, you know, when you think about driving, like, what happens? Does do you <laughs> – is it, like, a locked-up kind of thing? I'm gesturing, like, all oh, –
1: yeah it's it totally is it is an emotional experience it totally is that one in particular is so because I think the things that are fun or either are either the things you're like already good at and and know you can do or the things you have a very clear plan on how to execute and like the driving thing to me is just like oh man what are even the steps to start start and then I start feeling emotionally overwhelmed and then I just put it down. So I need to like figure out a way to get some steps. to How to break that head. down. Exactly. <laughs> How do you break down something that you're slightly terrified of doing and haven't done in 20 years? I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> First make a big public commitment. Exactly. <laughs> I <Right now>. God. <laughs> you said that the, you do like a 10 year goal setting sometimes and then the the, the day to day, do you have like times of the year you've set aside or times of the week that you've set aside or do you like, how is that also root routinized for you?
1: Yeah. So since I started back at Google, so I'm also really into accountability buddies. So that's like a huge thing. So I have like a daily uh, telegram group of two other women and it's like an accountability buddy thing. So to that point uh, on sunday nights i sit down and i like write out my weekly goals you know it takes like 10 minutes or whatever and then in the mornings i kind of get up and that's when i write a daily goal and then on the like bigger stuff i used to always do it like right right when i got back from burning man because it felt like kind of this like new re-energized part of the year to, to think about looking back and, and looking ahead Since there was no Burning Man this year, I'm just shifting it to it being (laughs) New Year's, and then I like usually quarterly kind of check in on those those bigger things. I only recently started doing the ten year goal because I just think it's funny and fun to think about what my 40s are going to look like. So uh, I don't know how I don't know how often I'll check back in on that, but I've got a lot of flexibility in those. So
0: (laughs) I was kind of I was recently talking to somebody about doing the ten year goal for myself also because there's something about ten years that it includes things that I don't yet know and anything about how to do. Yeah. Because it gives me enough time to learn how to do that thing and then to actually spend some time doing that thing. Totally. You know, because I, I wanted to open up every time I was thinking about a five year goal, I started to get really hung up on what was possible for me right now and what my current circumstances are so that, you know, then it would get in the way of whether or not I could do that. Or, you know, there was something about tenure that felt magic because it was also not so far away that I could just kind of screw around right now and not do anything about it. Totally. You know, totally. So
1: yeah, I completely agree with the concept of like, it's, it's sort of bookended as a meaningful amount of time, but enough time for what is possible. mm -hmm. i took a stab at saying like, Hey, from a 10 year perspective, like I want to be a, be a better human. Obviously it's like very hard to measure that, but how do you do that? And then I started saying like, I want to give, you know, donate more and give more of my time to volunteer stuff. And I want to meditate. I to have like a practice of meditation and who knows what that looks like over 10 years. I want to write a book. That's one that I did put down. I feel like 10 years is enough time to do that. Tiana, I actually <laughs> thought of you when I wrote that. I was like, Tiana will help me write a book.
0: <laughs> yes, no problem. I'm actually very happy to talk about that. And uh, we can make that another episode. It's like a, just go into self-publishing, oh indie, indie publishing, all of that. that I would, would be love great. to yeah. hear about
1: that. But to that point, was that a, I, we can, we can bring that back for you. Was that a, a goal or how did that, how did that come? Oh, (laughs) how did I write a book?
0: Well, it was interesting for me. The the first thing that happened was sort of falling into the no complaining thing as a thing. And then after a couple of years of teaching folks, you know, through in-person workshops and, you know, blogs and whatever, people started asking like, oh, do you have a book? And so it kind of came sideways where it felt like the only way for me, it was also very inefficient to rely exclusively on my own time to get this word out. And that yet something that I feel pretty strongly about because it has helped so many people and it, you know, and I want to help as many people as possible. That's like one of my reasons for being here on this planet. So a book felt like a really efficient way to help people now. And I was like, Oh, yeah, no problem. I've been writing about this for years. I've been teaching workshops, I've been coaching people, I can totally do this. Oh, my God, was it painful. And it was, it was horrible. (laughs) And so the first, the first couple of drafts were just terrible. And it took like two years, and it just was pulling teeth. And I ended up giving it to people and then telling them not to read it and like say give it back to me you know I just started rereading it and you know just the early drafts and then finally I just put it down and I was like I can't handle this yeah and so then I paused for a few years and just felt very sad and guilty and was like I need to do this thing I told people I was going to come out with a book you know I told myself that I was going to come out with a book and um it wasn't until like three years of letting it sit while i kept working on the project and kept refining my approach that i finally figured out the structure for the book and that was the key so that then it was actually i went to priceless you know music festival you and i both adore and everybody cleared out after afterwards and i stayed for an extra day and just was by myself in the woods out there in the forest and woke up in the morning and I was like, you know, I also had I had taught a no complaining workshop there and it, it that, early that we attended. Yeah, you attended. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was so you attended. And so many people kept coming up and talking to me about it throughout the whole weekend that I was like all energized again, you know. So I was like, okay, I'm really this clearly it's still hitting a nerve. It's you know, it's not old hat for other people, even though I've been doing it for 10 years. And so when everybody left, I woke up in the morning and I was like, you know, I wonder if my workshop structure would work as a chapter structure for the book. So I started writing and I was like, let's see if I come up with enough. And within two hours, I had like the outline of the book based on my workshops. And then it was just six months of going through it and doing two drafts in six months. And it was that was fine. So it was kind of like it's either it was an easy six months to write it or it was a painful 10 years to pull it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pull it out. Yeah. You know, I hear very similar <laughs> stories to people. And I think sort of to your other point of it's usually easy to do something when you know that you're going to do it well. well. The number one thing that you hear from all writers, even the ones who are super experienced, is don't expect that the first one is going to be at all right. There's a thing that's just called the shitty first draft, and <laughs> you just have to get I'm it out. Just that, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be crap, <laughs> and there will probably be something you'll salvage out of it, but you'll have at least gotten it out of your system. Ooh,
1: yeah, that's a lot for people who aren't. You're like, I thought I wrote the book. I was ready. <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly yeah yeah so there's also some way of you know in terms of the goal setting like holding that vision pretty tightly but maybe holding the timeline a little less tightly totally you know at least for the first time you're doing it yeah Um,
1: yeah so let me first book Twenty-year goal. <laughs> there we go. It can still be a ten-year goal, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I think that's a really great point, just around expectations yeah. and framing. And wow,
0: yeah. You know, people and think planning. that they can write a book just because they write all the time, and yeah. even though writing consciously emails and whatever is different than consciously writing a book or even consciously writing a short story, it's a little bit like. I think I would like to run the Boston Marathon and be in the top 100 the first time I run it.
1: Yeah, that's a great
0: point. It's kind of like, well, I run every day.
1: I run around town all the time. Yeah, why would I not be able to do that?
0: Yeah, it's completely the same thing, right? You would (laughs) never do that. You would never, never. ever do that. So so it is a very similar kind of thing. Like So actually, because you have read the Atomic Habits, the thing that keeps coming back to me out of that book is put in the reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, how can you break it down and think about it as just putting in the reps? Totally.
1: Yeah. And I
0: love his also, this book's it's a great book. It's a great book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, his sort of framing around like identity. And there's mm-hmm. a, there's a part where he talks about this idea of like, you know, write down what you uh, identify as. So I like, for me, I always think of myself as an athlete. I'm like, I'm an athlete, I'm a technology worker, whatever. And then like, then you have a column for like, what do you aspire to be? And for me, that actually has been a writer and also like a creative. And so Mm -hmm. how can I, how can you put in the reps to like get to that point of being able to get there? And I think your Boston Marathon point is really on spot on. Uh, (laughs) I ran the Boston Marathon after a lot of training and it was horrible and no one's getting the top hundred for a while. So So yeah. Okay. A lot of people who run run it are very
0: satisfied running it they're not even trying to get in the top 100 totally they're just trying to finish the marathon She's Trying to finish it exactly
1: <laughs> exactly exactly
0: yeah the other thing that i loved that he was talking about that sort of it as an extension of after you talk about who are you aspiring to to be the every habit is a vote for the person you are becoming like to me that there was something about when i read that i was like whoa yeah And the other thing that was an immediate follow-up with that, and he said, and in every election, there are votes on both sides. Yeah. You just have to make sure there's more votes on the side that you want. Totally. And so that also left a lot of room for screwing up and for taking a day off or doing it badly or whatever. And and I was like, oh, okay. That's like, it gave me some breathing room. Because I definitely have a perfectionist tendency. I tend to also do pretty well at almost everything that I decide to take on, whether that's because I'm only limiting myself to taking on the things I think I'm going to do well at or what. Yeah. But I'm so driven to learn everything I can about something that in the end I end up doing fairly well. But, But it's so I doing something like this, Where I'm actually um, pushing myself to be more on stage. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a a backstage. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to to push myself there. And that makes me really nervous. But I'm like, this is just it's a vote for totally. It's a vote on the on
1: stage and you're killing it.
0: That's (laughs) awesome. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love the idea of the like vote in that direction. And I also think your point around like the, somebody else was talking about this idea of like a local maximum. And we all sort of have these like local maximum spaces where we're really comfortable in being able to be successful. And then we have like the, you know, outside of that is like step change Mm -hmm. difference or improvement or just like fundamental change. And I think for goal setting in general, like the idea of all of us saying like, hey, what is the thing that really pushes me out of my comfort zone? Like for me, driving is one, public speaking was another one, you know, and how do you like, encourage yourself to go do those sorts of things to me is like really impressive when I see people like you, like jumping in and kind of doing this thing, Maybe it's not, wouldn't necessarily have been like a natural tendency or a natural desire. And you're like, no, I'm going to keep voting, Mm -hmm. uh, giving a vote each day to, to kind of move in this direction. So I love seeing that in people and it's, yeah, super awesome.
0: I think one of the things that was really helpful for me, you know, the times that I actually have been on stage, because I have been on stage quite a bit and do public speaking and all of that is when I'm really, really focused on uh, the thing that I'm giving or the things that I'm teaching or what the audience is looking for, which is, a lot less about whether or not I'm good or cool or, you know, whatever. It's much more like being in service of that goal. Yeah. You know, I have a message to share and that's why I decided to start doing workshops and write a book and do a podcast tour and, you know, take publicity photos. Yeah. Like, These are all very not backstage behaviors. No, not at (laughs) all. They're very front stage. (laughs) They're very front stage, for sure. And it felt very weird all the way through. But I feel like that's one of the things. In some ways, it's something that, you know, actually thinking back to the topic of intentions and goals and all of that is one of the things that both trips me up and pushes me forward. Because I personally take on the weight of trying to help as many people as possible, as that's the big goal. But along the way, there's some things that I need to be thinking about for myself yeah. as well. And how do I balance those things? All well, you know, that's kind of a, that's, that's always a big question. And when you, and you think about helping people through scale, obviously, like that's why you wrote the
1: book was to get your message mm-hmm. out more broadly podcasts, very similarly. And then I'm, you know, I'm guessing you also get a lot of satisfaction of like one-on-one help in general. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm guessing when you think about yourself, are you talking about like boundary setting or like what, what's kind yeah. of like things do, do you kind of hold in in that space?
0: Well, it's a combination. So a lot of it is boundary setting, um, and I was pretty damn terrible in that <laughs> I do remember that, you've worked Earth. a lot. I worked a lot, <laughs> and you've met me since I've learned how to set boundaries better, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it used to be even much, much worse. So I still work a lot, and also it's, it's about prioritizing myself in as much as other people. And that to me is always a little bit of a, that's, that's sometimes what helps me overwork or self-sacrifice and then freak out. And, you know, the, the bad version is I work too hard and then I feel exhausted and I crash and burn or I feel resentful or, you know, whatever. Yeah. The good version is I go in knowing like this is a commitment for this time. And then, and I've agreed to that. So, you know, making sure that I own what my part is in all of that. But the other thing about the, the balance, you know, is how do you factor in your current world or your expectations of like, you're going to be working full time while you're trying to do these other things, you know, do you think about that? Or do you say your goal setting is going to be completely free of those sorts of restrictions and then you'll edit it down later and become more practical after you do like a visioning kind of thing.
1: I definitely integrate them together. I took a year off after I was at Pandora for a really long time. I took a year off uh, last year in 2019. Very happy I did it last year instead of this year. (laughs) And that was amazing because man, I wanted to read books. I was able to read a lot of books and you know do whatever. I had a million different goals that I wanted to do for that year off and it was fantastic. And then I think, I mean, honestly, I took a pretty measured and disciplined approach into looking for my next career as well. And, you know, I'm really happy at Google. I'm glad that that I'm in this role, but definitely thought about like, hey, I could work, you know, 20 hours a week, maybe doing consulting or something and have more time for other personal stuff. I could, you know, when I'm talking about wanting to invest more, more time, I could I thought about doing something like more philanthropic as a, as a role, sort of thought thought about doing something kind of totally different. And ultimately like, yeah, now I think about in terms of like annual goals, you know, I work a lot. I know how much I work. I am super boundary and back to your point around like having time in the mornings and at night and trying to measure my energy so that I can also be a good partner and a good friend. And then just trying to like cut down, you know, like the year that I was off, I read 50 books. This year I read 30, which was great because I didn't even work the whole year. Next year, maybe I'll read 15. That would be his win. So it's sort of like dialing everything back. And then also just continuing to check in personally with myself around like, you know, we work such that we can live and live and work. And what are these integrated things? And what does that really mean longer term? And what, you know, when do I want to take time off again? Or how do I want to think about shifting? Because... Working forty hours a week plus, as everyone knows, is a lot of time. So, I think I think a, a bunch of people are trying to figure out like, hey, how can I, mm-hmm. um, how can I work in a way that is meaningful and purposeful to me, but also have enough time for all the other stuff that I want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that that's especially true for well, certainly this year, more people are experiencing the blur that happens when you're working from home. Yeah, and it's already a problem that you can get all of your emails and everything on your phone so that you're always reachable. And, you know, how do you set that, you know, do you actually track how much time you're spending on different things as a way of sort of evaluating whether or not you're hitting different goals or you're just, you're using other metrics to just say, this is, this is how I'm getting there.
1: Some of the metrics on the habit stuff are just like, did I do it today or not? So it's super simple, similar to your cardio thing. I'm like, I want to work out, you know, five out of every seven days or whatever. It can be any of these things. And then I definitely do like try and create those boundaries whenever possible. So things like I don't put my work email on my phone and I leave my work computer in my office and I'm only in my office when I'm doing work like things. Um, It's like setting up those things. Yeah. And then on the time wise, I think I'm definitely like really into like, calendar evaluation, just, like, scanning your calendar and being, like, what did I spend my time on? What did I enjoy? What, you know, we have, we pack in so much information in our calendars, and I think it's, like, a good thing from a a time management perspective to just, kind of, like, evaluate how how we are spending our time. I like using that, so.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you tried any, like, goal-setting things that haven't worked for you? Like, you've read about something, and you're, like, that sounds great. You tried it, and you're, like, nope.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, what it is funny, a couple of years, I've just had something that I've just like flat out didn't do. Uh, Like one year, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna mountain bike way more than I did the year before. Like, I just didn't do that. I don't really even know why I think I was excited about mountain biking. It's just like, didn't do it. So I think for me, like making it be flexible enough to be like, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you set a goal out to run whatever, well, actually my friend, I just saw on Instagram today, I had a goal and she met her goal to uh, run a thousand miles last year, which is pretty awesome. Wow. Um, yeah. And so she met it, but like If you set a goal to run a thousand miles and you only run like 600, like that's still awesome. So (laughs) I'm like, I think in making them flexible enough or make and making them like adaptable enough, like athletic goals for me, I'm always like, I want to do a race and that race can be anything. It just gives a lot more creativity throughout the year to do it. So I would say back to your question, the things that I found aren't helpful are like super rigid things. Mm -hmm. I also am a big believer in integrating. We sort of talked about this, but I'm a big believer in integrating your personal goals into your professional goals, particularly if you have a manager that you feel comfortable with. Like, I've totally told my old boss like stuff like, you know, somewhat personal stuff like, yeah, you know, a, I I want to work out way more or like I want to party less, I want to whatever, you know, who knows mm-hmm. like lots of things, but I I think if you can like think about your annual goal or whatever goals, any of your intentionality of your life as a whole, it's much better than trying to compartmentalize your work and your other life. Like It's just, it gets, you know. Yeah. It just seems better to integrate them.
0: Well, I, I have a personal beef with the work-life balance framing. Do share, yeah. Well, well, for me, right out the gate, it suggests that when you're at work, you're dead. Yeah,
1: totally, because you're not living. <laughs> you're like, that's weird.
0: I've, that's yeah. just not right. Yeah. And the, the idea that, that work is not part of life totally no that that's it's actually it's all life yeah and it's more about there's this there's this triangle that that was set up that I really appreciated instead which is basically it's a work play and then restore yeah like that or you're just or just you know the the world of grocery shopping and you know getting a massage mm-hmm. or doing your taxes or all of the things that are not work and are not play but are actually still basically like base infrastructure. Yep. And if you have those three things in balance, mm-hmm. that that's actually the balance that we should be going for. Yeah. And I think that's the other part of it was when people say work-life balance, then the idea that all of life includes all that infrastructure stuff But it doesn't necessarily include things that are play or make you feel flow yeah or you know the other things that you need like meditation Mm -hmm. all of that is sort of squished into this one life zone bucket
1: yeah totally yeah
0: as if they're the same yeah which they're not no completely i love that and
1: and just this idea of this idea that we have to be so rigid in any given moment and that things don't overlap. Like I'm clearly working when I'm on a run and I'm thinking about what we're going to be doing in our next product build, you know, and then also I actually, I think um, plug for Google here, they totally have like a half hour, you know, we have like lunch breaks that are in our calendar that are like, you know, sometimes meetings get together over them, but in general, it's like, go meditate and restore. So there's definitely a movement, I think of companies to recognize, the need to integrate these sorts of things—not all companies, obviously—but some. But I do think like it's a—it shouldn't entirely be upon us, but it is upon us as individuals to like reframe that thinking too, and just demand demand the ability to to use the language like you're talking about. I love work play restore. Mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that there's also some value in setting goals in each of them. Yeah. So that you know, like, do you have a play goal? Yeah like wait what that's not a thing i'm like nope yep. what's your metric what's your metric exactly i do <laughs> i do have a play goal oh yeah I, yeah well because
1: there's another book we're going to talk about all the books another book it's, i think uh it's called like i just finished it's called like life design or something it's by these two stanford professors Oh, design. yeah design your design life. Your life. I
0: just, yeah i just took the class on creative life <sighs>
1: That's so cool. So their framing is b- very similar, but it's health, play, work, love. And you like think about those four categories and then you like can, you know, great grade or like give a rough gauge of like, how are you doing across those categories? So I really love that thinking too. And I love the love one because I think like particularly right now, I mean, like community and friendship mm-hmm. and not feeling isolated in whatever capacity, you know, your partner love or friend love, family love is super important. But yeah, I love the play idea, and I I totally have, well, <laughs> two goals. I w- I like want to draw more, mm. so that's been a thing that I've been doing regularly, and it's like super fun, and it feels, um, I don't know. I will say, judge this is a judgment of myself, but I definitely was like, oh, this feels very frivolous. Um, Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it
0: goes in the play. Exactly, <laughs> the play,
1: totally right. <laughs> and it's been great. Yeah, it's just totally if fun. It doesn't
0: feel frivolous. Nope, if it's in
1: the, nope, not <laughs> frivolous, it's in the play goal. So yeah, and I and when I had a time off, I had a goal of being able to do a handstand and I even got a coach for that. I'm also really pro coach at any moment. If you need a coach, there are coaches everywhere for everything. Oh, They're yeah. not that expensive. They'll help you. It's great. <laughs> some of them are very expensive, but some are not.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And the, the shortening of the amount of time we're doing it right. Totally. You know, that's 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 a value totally to that, there's a huge value sure. to that exactly
1: exactly yeah
0: that's right you are very pro coach I'm super pro coach that's yeah
1: right. well it's <laughs> interesting right as kids like I don't know I played sports all growing up you always have a coach you have coaches for everything when you're a kid you have like your piano teacher you've got you know and then right. you get
0: coaches you have teachers you have totally mentors, and then yeah. as
1: soon as you get to be an adult it's like oh no you couldn't you, why would you need a coach and you know everyone's like a coach I'm like yeah I want a therapist I want another
0: coach I want you
1: know my handstand yeah. <laughs>
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> I can say that I had never considered that there would be a handstand coach, but of course there is. Yeah. She's
1: great. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, there's quite a ton.
0: Did you have a writing
1: coach or a mentor or anything like that?
0: I did. I actually took a lot of classes and I worked with a professional editor towards the end. And I also had some people who were ahead of me in the writing process be readers and, and help out. that so that's in the mentor category that's awesome yeah so you had a suite you had your whole team yeah yeah i never really synced into just having one the whole time through but yes i did have a suite i think i needed a lot of different perspectives at different phases and i am also you know one of the things that i struggle against is because i am super curious about nearly everything and i really like to learn and i'm generally pretty capable I have to fight the impulse to do everything myself. Yeah. And there's tons of times when I need to question whether or not that's the best use of my time or whether or not it's actually going to be done well, even whether or not, you know, my time, like my, I can spend my time however way I want. Yeah. But is it, is that the best way to get it done? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to hiring a coach, it's hiring professionals. Who really yeah, know what they're doing? Yeah, I'm really into that. As a, you know,
1: economics major, comparative advantage. Like there are lots of people who are really good at a lot of things that they're very specialized. Yeah. Very specialized in our our time. You know, to your, to your point, yes, we get to spend our time however we want. But like the whole point around being intentional with your time is recognizing things that might be better suited for someone else to do for whatever reason. So.
0: Yeah. And it's nice on things where it is otherwise a very individual pursuit to say, you know, I think I need a team here.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I've actually also done the same with like reading a bunch of different people. I've now read, I've read so many habit journals and so many, you know, goal setting things. And they say it's very related to the no complaining thing. So that was part of my reasoning at the beginning and now is just uh i have a habit of reading about habits one of the things that's been striking me right now and maybe it is because i i fairly recently completed atomic habits there's something that very much resonated for me in that book above and beyond so many others and i think it was because he was an athlete and this idea of putting in the reps and then i'm reading that together with i just finished seth godin's book the practice And this idea of setting a goal, then backwards fitting, what are the steps that I would need to do to get there? And then forgetting the goal. Yeah. Just dropping the goal and committing to the practice and That's a little bit what I'm doing here with this is this feeling of like, I'm not sure where this is going to go, but I know that the practice has to be that I do this a bunch of times and then we'll see where it goes after that. And it's a different way of thinking about a goal. I don't really have a good metric for what a good podcast or a successful podcast would be, or even whether or not that's what the final end goal of yeah, this is totally i'm not 100 sure
1: but but you can commit to in like learning and enjoying from the journey which is the idea around reps and around practice exactly. and i do think that yeah that is yeah and ultimately like it's a much more satisfying way to approach anything because <laughs> you're like enjoying enjoying it along the way and also figuring out what possible and then you're not so fixated on the end thing to be able to identify the possibility where this might take you if you were like i have to you know whatever have Forty hours of podcast, and like that's the that's what I have to do, and I have to cut it all together, and I make it make sense. Like mm-hmm. that would make it very challenging to be able to have any flexibility in this. So that that's makes true. That's true. Sense.
0: And actually, even getting through the first draft of the book was, you know, when it turned into a slog, I had already committed to writing five hundred words a day. Yeah. So it was like, okay, it is crappy right now, but this is the only way to get to that first draft. Yeah. Just. 500 words a day
1: and did you find that practice like when you when you did it in the next six months like a, a joyful experience
0: oh yeah i didn't actually have to count as much that's awesome you yeah know, during the the last that final six months that was very like psh, fly through it yeah it was great yeah but the it was the first draft and the second draft and the third draft the first time that was really hard and the thing that got me through and prob and also grease the wheels or set the course or whatever, laid down the track for the easy six months later, was that I already had that system all set up. Totally. And I knew I knew what it meant to get up in the morning before work and just write. Systems, man, I love talking about systems too.
1: <laughs> whatever,
0: I don't know, I'm just
1: really into like anything to make stuff easier is, you know, so the, the classic, like, leave your running shoes, like right near your bed and go run. It, all that stuff really works, mm-hmm. and so Mark and I are because my boyfriend actually is super, not hey, we're very different. When we uh, you know super different on this. He's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know some days he'll stay up and work until two a.m. Some mornings he sleeps in. He's like not into routine. He likes like change, but slowly over time, it's like babe, if we just we like have more systems in place where it's just like it works that like removes all of this like anxiety and decision making away from us so you know we've been dating for 10 years so we're getting there but it's like you know <laughs> it's like if we can just set up some systems in the beginning of the week it's just, like make stuff just so much smoother so
0: well i certainly found that there are s- certain things that are good to have that friction around yep and then there are other things where it's pointless to have that friction around it actually with the current goal of the cardio thing i realized one of the things that was absolutely pointless was having to go look for where my workout clothes were yeah I, I used to have them in like a couple of different places for whatever reason you know yeah. and then i'm like where are my socks and they they were all in like different places yes. and like closet over here the shoes are over there and, the, and i was like oh if i just put them all together and i stack them with the exercise equipment then it's like I go into this corner and everything is in the one place. Yep. It cannot be easier. You, you will do it. <laughs> Absolutely. But it was also like I could feel myself losing momentum by having to search for these. And I, you know, I could also get distracted along the way because it's pretty easy to see other things while I'm looking for something. And then like suddenly it's like 45 minutes later and I didn't do anything. Totally. So it was totally. it was partially also like <laughs> this is a pointless friction. Now, a good friction is the fact that it, it takes time to read something. And I really like to read and take notes and learn things that way by like rewriting them out and all that. And that one, I'm not trying to make any faster. Totally. Yeah. It's the, yeah, you want to enjoy the process mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. and and learn through that
1: process. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's a couple of different things coming up for you. Not only is it New Year's, but also you've got your 40th. And are you thinking about setting particular goals because of that around that? Are you going to schedule a thing for it? Like, what is your what's your big plan there?
1: This is the first time in my life where I've been like, oh, I want to start thinking about my fitness goals in particular as like, you know, like I specifically said, look, I want to be able to be doing the athletics that I love now, you know, running, biking, skiing, rock climbing, whenever we can get back to the gym when I'm 50 and like that means that I want to approach my you know obviously who knows what happens like we can't control our health entirely but to the extent that I'm capable of controlling those things like that's how I want to think about my athletic goals instead of feeling like you know when I was in my 20s I was just this like infinite human that was never had to worry about the idea of getting older and so now yeah so I think like I think definitely turning 40 not 40 is not old no, but it is, it is a moment in time, I think. Your or, body
0: exactly. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so I think I, I've been thinking about that a little bit. And then also just like, you know, professionally, and also like, personally, are there big things that I haven't done in my life that I want to do? And like, back to your earlier point, like, what might I be able to kind of push myself um, in comfort level to do something that I never even would have thought I would have done. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And I'll, I'll probably like, rewrite a little goal thing right before I turn 40 and I'll probably have my friends. I did this for my 35th fifth birthday or no, after I uh, left Pandora, I I asked, made them write questions around what I should do for my next job. It's pretty funny. You get good, get good answers. So I'll have my friends. Siana, you can help me think about my next 10 years too. Sure. I've,
0: I've heard, I mean, there's also a lot of people that do like vision boards and that sort of thing. I haven't been a a vision board kind of person, I recently started embracing the mantra idea and Ooh, what's that. So sort of along the lines of the figure out who you want to be. Yep. When you see this is the person I want to be. And then that little voice in your head says, no way you can do that because you're blah, 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 like all of those negative things. Yeah, yeah. Figure out what that negative naysaying inner critic voice is saying. And then Figure out a sentence or two that is the opposite of that and then repeat it to yourself to basically counter that negative voice. That's really cool. Do you have any examples of? Well, like for right now, the the cardio thing. Yeah. I'm somebody who has been injured a lot in my life. I'm prone to uh, joint injuries. Yeah. So I'm battling the knee injury right now. And I've realized that some of what had played into my lack of activity during not only the pandemic and being locked down in the house, but just was actually my mental voice, just kind of saying things like, you're always injured, mm-hmm. you're weak. And you know, you, you used to do all of these things, but you don't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, like as if it's over. And so I started saying to myself, yeah. no, I am an athlete, not like I was an athlete. Yeah. I am an athlete. Yeah, And I love my strong body. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But, but I was not walking around saying I have a strong body. I was like, oh, I have a weak body. And I used to be an athlete. The other thing that was also actually funny with your comment about Mark, I also identify as somebody who is not good at routines. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pushing myself and it's like, routines are really easy. Routines make life easy, and that's a great thing to say to myself all the time. Also, routine is a skill, mm-hmm. and I can learn skills totally. As opposed to like, oh, I'm not made for that. Like, yep. oh, it's a skill I haven't learned yet. Yep, totally.
1: I love that. I'm going to start doing that for driving. <laughs> it's, just-
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just a skill you haven't learned yet. Learn yet. Yep. Like yeah, it. and uh, the other thing with the driving, you know, when we were talking earlier, like, how can you break it down into the reps? Yeah, exactly. What are the little things that you can do to get yourself started? I know. I think I'm going to get a. I'm going to get a coach, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a coach. like a
1: friend. Exactly. Once the pandemic happens and we can get in the car again together, or, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, having someone because that's that's basically what I need.
0: Yeah. I mean, and right now one of the things you can do is you can sit in the car. In the driver's seat without turning it on.
1: Yeah, that's true. Even just like little baby
0: steps to say, hey, I'm a, yeah, I'm a driver. I can sit in the driver. I'm the driver. Totally, sit in, in the, the car. car. And then, and then you're like, this is the turn yep. signal. one's the gas yep. pedal, this is, you know, just you're in, in the, the car. car. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's your first set totally. of reps. Just get in the <laughs> car.
1: <laughs> I can pull it out of my. Car. In the driver's <laughs> exactly. seat. And then, yeah, not the passenger seat, not the back seat.
0: I love it. And then next you can turn totally. it on. I love it. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. You go back up in the driveway and then, then, then pull forward totally. again. You know? <laughs> don't even you don't have to get in the street. <laughs> I I love the idea of breaking it down. Like what's the smallest possible thing that you can do? Getting in the driver's seat, Beth,
1: that is, in the driver's second, seat. open the yeah. driver's seat door. Okay. Next, next day, mm-hmm. actually get in yeah. the car.
0: <laughs> well, that's a, like, it was inspired. There was somebody who was talking about the, their overall, like, Oh, I want to be fit. So the goal I'm going to set is go to the gym.
1: That's it. Yep, just, just go walk through the go door the gym. exactly. Just go.
0: Even if you walk back out, but then you get there and you're like, why well, well here? To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do something.
1: yeah, something is better than nothing. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, totally. <laughs> so there you go. But
0: well, we've been talking for almost an hour, and uh, any last things, and then I have a closing question that. Uh, that I'm asking everyone.
1: Excellent. Uh, no, no last things from me. I'm excited to hear this question.
0: <laughs> I am interviewing so many people who have remade themselves mm-hmm. in so many different ways, who have so many different interests. And I know that as we go, all go through life, you go up, you go down, things get confusing, get hard, get inspiring, get it easy. And I'm wondering, do you have any advice for people who are feeling stuck or who are feeling bored or uninspired you know is there anything that you found that works for you to pull you out of those moments when you're finding it hard to even put something on the list much less cross it off
1: totally i'm a, i think you know obviously everyone has their own stuff but for me like having people that you can tell that to and like having friends that you talk to about your life life design is super important. So like, I think to the extent that is possible, trying to create and cultivate friendships that have like elements of where you each really like help each other through those things. Obviously we help each other emotionally as friends, but also like helping each other around interests and goals and whatever to me is like the, the best, the best approach. So I love hearing when my friends tell me stuff like, they're working on sewing new pants or they're working on watercolors or they're, you know, whatever did this cool like bouquet. I think sometimes as adults too, maybe we feel embarrassed to like share with our friends, like the fun, like little stuff that we're doing. And I think that the the better you can uh, have those relationships, the more you can ask for help when you need it.
0: I love that. That's so good. And I also feel that there's, there's an element in there where, but you love hearing about that. There's totally. you know, like helping other people, I think is another great way to get yourself out of that. Just totally creating that friendship where it's a two-way exchange. You're telling each other your, totally, totally your things and confessing drawing and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. This has been super fun.
1: <laughs> yeah it was great Yay. Uh, i had a great time i can't wait to hear i can't wait to do another hour with you and talk about your whole actual book writing process oh yeah we will do it all right let's do it let's do it
0: well i hope that you enjoyed that as much as i did it was so great to talk to bex and to hear about her systems and how she manages to achieve so much and i'm also hoping that she'll be able to drive this year I know that you're somebody who loves learning, so I'll put links to the things that we talked about in the show notes. And I'd love it if you wrote to me at supercuriouspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts, things that have worked for you when you've been trying to achieve different goals. And if you know someone that I should interview for this podcast, please send me that information too. Thanks, and I'll talk with you soon.